is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's Friday. A week has gone by. Want to get your thoughts on what you're doing? That's next on ESPN New York Tonight. We're 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join our Friday edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Along with Giselle, Jacob, and Kyrie, we're here till midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night long here on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you, Carlin. Fabulous job as always. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. And first, let's get some of the sports news of the day out of the way. It's official. Tom Brady signed the contract, so he is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't wait to see what that new uniform is going to look like because I'm sure that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to keep the same uniform they had. No, because that represents losing. And they now have a six-time Super Bowl champion on their team, and they want to change everything because usually that's how you change culture, right? When you change culture, you change everything. What's the old saying? A new broom sweeps clean. And that's what really, when you think about it, that's what Tampa's trying to do. They're trying to change the culture in Tampa. And that's what they're doing with Tom Brady. But the interesting article and interesting side here is an article in today's New York Post that talks about Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. And there's an inference, if you read this article, that... Well, Bill Belichick kind of wanted him out and not Robert Kraft. Hmm. Listen to this quote. Think about loving your wife and for whatever reason, there's something, her father or mother, that makes life impossible for you and you have to move on, but you don't want to. That's a quote from an interview that Robert Kraft had the NFL Network. Hmm. So that sounds like... Kraft wanted Tom to stay. You remember immediately when this was going on in an interview with our Stephen A. Smith on first take, Robert Kraft indicated that if Tom Brady wanted to stay, they would have worked something out. But clearly Brady didn't want to stay. Huh? Now, obviously, listen, Bill Belichick took the high road said all the glowing things about Tom Brady, how great he was. He's phenomenal. He's this, he's that, he's the best. He's all this stuff. But obviously there was something different. Ian O'Connor, who was on the Michael K show early in the week, wrote a book. I think it was 2018 entitled Belichick, the making of the greatest football coach of all time. And in there, he indicated, here's a quote, Tom knows Bill is the best coach in the league, but he's had enough of him. If Tom could, I think he would divorce him. This was a source that was given that information, given that quote to our Ian O'Connor. So it's a fascinating situation. Now, obviously, all the debate, all the things we've talked about during the week, it all doesn't really matter until they play the game. And we'll see when the games are going to start. But whenever these games start, It will be interesting because all eyes are going to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all eyes are going to be on the NFC South, which is right now shaping up to be one of the toughest divisions in the National Football League. So it will be interesting to look at that uh, when play starts. But I have a question for you at 1-800-919-3776. I was thinking about this while my wife and I were out 
early in the morning trying to see some stocked shelves, which is something that our new life is made unusual, right? So I want to try this question for you. 1-800-919-3776. Other than not having live sports, meaning there's no NBA, there's no NHL, other than not having live sports, no, no spring training, no XFL, nothing. Only replay, no soccer, no tennis, no golf, nothing. Other than no live sports, as you look back, especially at this week, what's been the biggest effect on you so far during this coronavirus epidemic? What's been the biggest effect? What's, what have you experienced that you're like, wow. This is really something. Now, originally for me, it was the fact that there's really no live sports on TV. Like there really isn't. But as you, as the week has progressed and you've gotten used to the fact that there's no live sports on TV. And I joked with you guys earlier when I said I was watching Christmas movies. So that was the, (laughs) that was the big effect. But then other effects have come in and let's say reality on a new way of life has begun. And it is walking in store aisles with masks and gloves. It is seeing half empty or almost empty streets. It is looking at store shelves and seeing nothing there, seeing aisles where, you know, a couple of weeks ago you could find any brand of toilet paper, paper towels, uh, any brand, brand of spray disinfectant or anything. The fact that, uh, I'm going to have to learn how to cut my hair myself after tomorrow night because of this new way of life that we have and not complaining because it's all to an end. It's all to make sure that we do the right thing and help to end this virus from spreading even though the numbers continue to grow. And that's obvious because of the fact that more people are being tested and with more people being tested, that means that, you know, more people are going, we're going to know who has it and who doesn't. So we understand that there's going to be a steep climb, but hopefully as you, t- you watch the press conferences and you hear the doctors and all the interviews and stuff, you hope that it levels out as they say that, that bump, you know, the hump, that goes in the middle and then starts to come down and level out. So that's what you're hoping for. But it is interesting to me about this new way of life that we have right now. And I'm curious as to your reaction to it. I'm curious as to how it has changed. I'm curious as you look back at this week, at the end of this week, and I'm sure we had a caller last night from L.A., who talked about how the roads are empty. And listen, if you've been to L.A., if you've watched L.A., if you've watched the movies about L.A., it's all been about the freeways and how much traffic there's been. And for you to hear that they are empty, first of all, that's great because that means that folks are listening to what needs to be done. That's number one. Number two, it's like, so this is how it's going to be, right? That's an interesting thing. So obviously for us here at 987 ESPN, clearly the first thing that we, we think about is the fact that there's no live sports that, you know, for this week, we've had a chance to just chit chat with you a little bit about free agency. And that was a nice diversion. 
But usually that's what we do. That is the diversion. When there's something bad going on or something newsworthy or something catastrophic or something that's bothersome and you want to get away from it for a moment, that's what we do. That's what sports had become. That's what sports has been. But you're looking at a scenario now where sports has been a part of the news. Sports is a part of the fact that it is a situation that we're not having that because of what we're going through with the coronavirus. And that's rare. You're listening to folks talk about no sports for the first time since. There's no sports. We haven't had uh, spring training has not gone on since. You know, and, and you're having to look back and you're looking at sometimes situations where it's never happened before. So the easy answer for you at 1-800-919-3776 would be, well, there's no live sports. But I want you to go a little deeper. I kind of want to hear what you've experienced. I kind of want to hear what your life is like right now. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Billy's in White Plains. Billy, start us off on ESPN New York Tonight. Hey, man. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. You got it, Billy. Basically, the biggest change is getting on a bus and uh, or a train and someone sneezes or coughs. Everybody's moving away. Everybody's concerned. Everybody's on edge. And it's New York City. The numbers just went up. Uh, that's the biggest thing I've seen right now. And you're afraid to even sneeze or cough. So that's my story, man. Thank so you for Billy, taking my it's, call. It's, it's the fear, Billy? Is that what you're, te- that's what you're telling me? Is the big thing? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because... Uh, People are looking at you. Them like if you cough three times in a row, forget about it. They're they're looking at you like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. You you got to go get get off. Oh, I'm moving. I got to get out of here. That's it. All right, Billy. Thanks for checking in. It's understandable. You, you listen. It's it's with what we understand about the virus right now. There has to be concern. That's why we don't want you on the subways. <laughs> that's why we don't. That's why government doesn't want you out. If unless you have to be, if you have to go, it's understandable. And some people still have to work. Get it. Some people are falling to line of, you know, the folks that are necessary. That that you have to be. They're essential people, working essential jobs. And so clearly, you have to be out there. So it's just it's, it's try to. Protect yourself as best you can. Phil's in Brooklyn. Hey, Phil, you're next on 987 ESPN. How you doing? Good evening. What's up, Phil? I uh, For the last nine and a half years, I work nights over down near Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And I come across Brooklyn. I go over to Williamsburg Bridge and all the bars on Houston Street. It usually used to take me an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. Now I make it in 15 to 18 minutes. Because you come over the bridge, no bars are open, no restaurants. There's nobody around. It's a ghost town. And it's so scary that the poor businesses and these business owners, even on St. Patrick's Day, there's not a person in a bar. No one's. It's, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking for small business owners. 
no question about it. And now, just give me your your sense as you as you drive through there, and you know you notice the difference. I mean, is it like? Have you ever thought you'd see New York like that? Never, never. Even even on I remember on a Sunday night in a foot of snow. There was, it looked like it was a Saturday night in the summer. I mean, New York doesn't stop for anything or anyone. And to be to be handcuffed and, and, and just taken out by this is just, you know, I, I, I tell you, my heart bleeds for all the people. It, it's just it's sickening. It really is. It, it's different, Phil. Thanks for checking in. It's different. It's, it's, a, it's a scenario that nobody could have ever thought about. And I guess the closest thing we could look at with this would have been nine eleven because of once again you're not sure what was happening and, and, and fear and going out and, and what would go on. But even and and obviously sports took a back seat to it because it wasn't you know that was the least thing on our mind at that time was <laughs> be playing games. And that's the least thing on our mind right now is is the fact that sports is involved and, and we're not seeing it. But the other thing that makes this unique too, and, and I know I mentioned that to leave sports out of it, other than sports, what's been your biggest change that you've noticed, the biggest effect from the coronavirus is that while we're not playing the game, the games, sports is still involved. It's still become part of the story because it looks like every other day you're finding another person involved in sports that has tested positive for this virus. And so, you know, of course, a couple of uh, members of the 76ers front office, we know a member of the Denver uh, Denver Nuggets front office has tested positive. Marcus Smart of the uh, Boston Celtics tested positive. We got a couple of Lakers who have tested positive. Obviously, you know, the, the, the other uh, players previously who have tested positive. So these are just the latest of you. And of course, then obviously, um, Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. So even though sports has tried to do the best thing by, listen, we're going to do what's best in this scenario. We're going to shut it down this way. We're going to take the option away from people who want to come to games. We're going to take the option away. We're going to close it down. But still, Sports is involved in this. It's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating thing to see as you look at it. Mark's in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Larry. Good evening. Hey, Mark. What's up? Oh man. Well, real quickly, uh, your your thing about the music. Uh, what didn't change is that Deborah Cox has an amazing voice. That's wow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work in uh, in Brooklyn at Woodhall Hospital. So my back and forth, you know, I have to get from there to Newark every day. And that's, that's not an easy hump, but, you know, I'm not complaining. But that's, this is where I notice things. And I, and I really don't want to put any hype on this situation because, quite frankly, from my own personal standpoint, uh, I have something bigger working in my life other than fear. So I'll leave that at that. Gotcha. Um, so um, anyway, so. I'm lying back on the J train crossing Williamsburg Bridge and I'm looking around and there was like maybe eight people in the car and like maybe four of them had those masks on. And, and I was just sitting there. I think somebody coughed and you see people's eyes rolling all around. Like, well, it was like, like it was like a secret or something that they knew, right? It was like some kind of, it was crazy. And I just was sitting there saying to myself, 
boy, the fear factor is unreal. But what really hit me was, Larry, it felt like a, it felt like one of those really bad post-apocalyptic nuclear destruction movies where yeah. guy comes up from under the cave and it's like dust everywhere and there's nobody around like that Will Smith movie with the dog or something. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, and it was just eerie because New York is never like that. It, it, you know, it's like you could just roll a bowling ball down Broadway. And I was like, so I got back to Newark this morning and and I was coming down down this train station steps and there was this guy and it was like me and him was those two post-apocalyptic guys, right? So mm-hmm. I look over at him and I go, you know, I said, you know what's different? And it's kind of the same though. He goes, what? And he says, every single day we live here and everybody walks around ignoring everybody else. And there's millions of people on the street. Well, now nobody's on the street and everybody's still ignoring each other. So it kind of feels the same. Wow. That's interesting. Mark, it, it's crazy. It is. Crazy. I'm curious. What are you noticing at work? Are you noticing uh, a lot of changes? Are you noticing more folks coming around? Are you know, what are you noticing as, as you go? Well, well on, a, at, you know, on, a, on the job. On a, on a more, you know, serious, like I said, I really didn't want to try to put any, any of that stuff in it, but, but realistically, it's a lot of fear, Larry. It's yeah. a lot of fear, and, and, and it just seems as though the more that said, like in the hospital, everybody gets, you know, you come in, and then they, they, they have this little thing, this little thermometer thing, and they instantly get your temperature to make sure that you don't, you're not feverish, which I think is a good thing. It's a good protective mm-hmm. measure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just like high alert with making sure that, uh, you know, if you have something or could have something, they they have we have all these meetings and everything about you know what to do, proper steps to take, and and just informative stuff like that. But you know, really, the big thing is is everybody's just walking around and and like the gentleman that talked before. You know, you cough, you know, and then everybody's eyes get big like oranges, and it's like you know, oh no, you're going to kill me or whatever, and it, it's just unprecedented fear. Uh, uh, that's all I can tell you, bro. I hear you, Mark. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for checking. You. 1-800-919-3776. Taking your phone calls. Want to find out from you, other than sports, other than sports, what has been the biggest change? What has been your biggest takeaway? What have you noticed that was so different about life with the, as the coronavirus pandemic has blown, has, has grown up? How, what have you noticed has been some changes, just some observations? I'm just curious. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Other than sports, what has changed due to the coronavirus? Had some fascinating issues so far that people have mentioned. Let's see what Miguel in Queens has to offer. Miguel, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how's it going, Larry? First What's time, up, long time. Welcome good to in, be here. Friend. How's it going, man? Um, pretty much uh, do law enforcement in New York, and it's pretty interesting. Um, nothing seems like it changed when it comes to crime, but I think one of the most important things I realized that pretty underrated is just the whole mortgage factor, the fact that, uh, you know, no matter what, no matter how many people lose their jobs, I'm blessed to have a city job, but, you know, a lot of people losing their jobs, and they do live paycheck to paycheck, so... 
you know, at the end of the day, they're going to lose um, that steady income. They might have trouble paying rent. They might have a family that they still have to supply for. Um, and in regards to the mortgage, I mean, I have my house myself, and I still have to pay the mortgage. At the end of the month, that payment is still going to come in. They're still going to charge me, and, you know, they're not going to be leaning on that. Um, so I'm blessed to be in a pretty good financial situation, but I know a lot of people aren't that lucky because I know when I was younger, you know, I had my struggles, I'm sure, like most people do. And the, the other thing I want to talk about was um, pretty much another underrated part is, ironically, it's, it's family time. You know, and mm-hmm. I've been so, I guess, busy and wrapped around my whole life that I haven't realized something like this kind of brings people together. You, it might sound counterintuitive, but uh, I do happen to live in the same household as my family, mm-hmm. but I don't see them as much as I used to. And, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, just seeing what, what's going on with the world, I kind of do want to spend more time with them, just want to hang out with them more, see them a little more. And there's so much to talk about now with what's going on. Everybody has their own stories. And, uh, you know, in a weird, strange way, actually it's bringing us together a little bit because I never talk to them more than I do now. You know, like every day we come home, oh, man, what's the update with this? We all have stories for each other. And, uh, you know, people should use this time to, you know, um, isolate themselves from the outside world and catch up on, uh, you know, seeing their family, especially how it's affecting older people. You know, so I definitely got to admit, you know, being around my parents, you know, has definitely been a been a blessing a little more. I've been seeing them a little more. So, you know. So, so Miguel, you're talking about renewing relationships, huh? <laughs> Pretty much, man. I mean, you know, just spending that quality time with them, and uh, you know, just just seeing what they have to say about everything, and uh, you know, it gives you guys something to talk about, bond over, and you know, being out, we're all going to be isolated for a while. You know, it just makes everything interesting, brings everything in perspective. Because everybody, this is something that everybody has an opinion on. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody you meet on the train in the store, you know they're thinking about this in a weird way. So it just, you know, like you said, we knew some relationships that might have been fractured in the past. So I appreciate uh, you, you know, giving me the call, and, uh, you know, have a good one, man. You too, Miguel, and thank you for your service, what you're doing for us, man, putting your life on the line. We appreciate it. Thank you. 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Richard in Manhattan, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hi, Larry. Larry, I noticed the fear in people. And, you know, to me, if you're that scared, you should never leave your house. Today I was on my elevator in my office building, and a lady was on already, and I got on. And as the elevator goes up, she says to me, can you stand as far away from me as you can? Now, I'm saying to myself, if you're that afraid or if you're afraid, don't even get out or don't even come in an elevator. You know, why would you be so insulting to somebody? You know, but people, they, they, I guess they have an, uh, an excuse. It's fear, to Richard. You said it in the beginning. It's fear. It's oh, really? Panic, but it's, to me, if you're not afraid, then don't go out. Yeah. Don't go in an elevator. Hey, Larry, I got a good sports question for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. What are the Indiana Pacers, Denver Nuggets, and New York Nets have in common? Brooklyn Nets have in common. Those Brooklyn three teams. Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets, Indiana Pacers, Denver Nuggets. They were all fabulous ABA teams. Right. And not one of them in the 45 years in existence in the NBA has won a championship. And just in the top of my head, that's 45 years for three teams. That's 135 years of futility. The only NBA team that I can think of that quickly that hasn't won in the last 45 years would be the L.A. Clippers, who were the Buffalo Braves. Right. 
Can you think of you know any team? You're right. Uh, That would be the one that that would come to my mind too. They used to be the Buffalo Braves. I mean, you know, Oklahoma City was the Seattle uh, Supersonics, and Washington were the Baltimore Bullets. Yes. I mean, I can't think of any team more. I mean, even expansion teams, Orlando and Miami and Cleveland, Chicago, but all of those teams won. Yeah. It's amazing. Maybe they already wanted to out there. Maybe one of the, the listeners will hear. But isn't that amazing? And the, the NBA, the old time, the old uh, old guys, the old guys, you know, like Arbeck and all the goes Red Arbeck, they didn't want the ABA combining with the NBA. Proof to that they were right. <laughs> right? As far as that goes, those teams yeah. could not match the NBA. Yeah, it, it was interesting. The style of play was much different, wasn't it, Richard? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, just the fact that not one of those three teams have ever won. Well, not only It's only been the San Antonio Spurs, who have won multiple championships. Yes, so yes. I guess if you counted as many as they've won, it all probably would even, even out. They, they could give some to the next. Yeah, the correct, correct. And, that would, and it would be the average for the four teams like that. Larry, always a pleasure. Teams. Nuggets have some pretty good teams, Richard. You Who's that, Larry? What? I said the Nuggets have some pretty good teams. Yeah, they've always been up there. Same thing with Indiana. Yeah. With Reggie yeah. Miller and all those yeah. teams. And sure. they've always been. And that's where Jason Kidd went to the finals two times at least. Right. So, And they won multiple championships in the ABA. Yeah. Yeah, so did Indiana. That's right. They were that's a power. Right. I don't know if Denver ever won in the ABA. I don't remember those I'm teams. Not sure. I no, may, I don't think so. I don't think, think so. They did. I don't think they did. They, no, they no. came close with David Thompson, but they ran into the they ran to the net. So that yeah, story. right. Larry, always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Richard. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Renee is in Rahway. Renee, you're next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Larry. Thanks for having me on. You got it, Renee. What's up, my friend? No, so you know, I, I'm a longshoreman. You know. Uh, we, uh, I work in an essential job, and it's just sometimes scary uh, because we're told, you know, we stay with six feet, you know, uh, social distancing, and we can't work six feet from each other. We got to work pretty much face-to-face with somebody because we also got to look out for each other because of these uh, dangerous equipment that is either hovering over our head or, or next to us, you know. So sometimes, and you know, like, like myself, like with my, my wife being sent home, um, pretty much uh, laying off uh, the whole staff um, is is tough because it makes you think of people who are could be in the same similar um, situation or even worse. And are people are even telling the truth if they know or not if they have these symptoms or or do they have the the, the virus on them and they just can't stay home and not work because of the fear of not of providing for their family and losing their homes and, and, uh, or their apartment or their car or, you know, any situation. Uh, and it, it's, it's tough because, you know, without sports, um, usually I, I work in a male dominated uh, industry. So usually that's a topic uh, of discussion of the day, pretty much everything, you know, bragging rights, teams, uh, uh, blah, 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 who's in the playoffs, who's not. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's it's tough when there's, there's no sports being talked about, and you're paying attention now to each other, like people that you know you uh, are uh, considered as a friend, a coworker, uh, and uh, people you go to lunch with, and you you know you gotta be weary of people, you know, for every call for how how they you start thinking about how they eating habits, their living habits, 
of how they keep their car dirty or clean does it make you think uh, mm. like you know what I'm saying it, 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 yeah. it's, it's tough it just makes you think a different type of way and I, it's, it's, again it's scary like you're hoping that everybody in your job is safe and clean and and will tell the truth or stay home if they have any type of symptoms but you you almost kind of understand why they would come to work if they have those symptoms because they are afraid of losing or losing everything. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating, Renee. Is it, how, how has the conversation changed between you and your coworkers now that sports is out of the picture? It's almost, uh, we, we talk, but it's, we try to try to make it as, as, um, as normal as we could possibly be without making it awkward, you know, mm. like as it's almost unavoidable when you're talking to somebody with a mask. Some people have masks, some people don't. Some people, you know, it's like it's 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 weird, you know, like it, it, seeing somebody with a hard hat when you're thinking that's getting hit with a crane or a hook uh, from a, a a crane is more. That would be your most uh, dangerous thing that you're hoping not to happen. But now you add in the whole virus. You know, there's, it makes it, it it tweaks your way of thinking, and it's almost it's, it's scary. You know what I'm saying? So, and then that being home, like today, I work from eight in the morning, and I just got out of ten at night, and working. Yeah, you know, we. I mean, I don't know if you know how what how what longshoremen do, but. Our hours is insane, and it's sometimes. Um, and I and don't get me wrong, I'm grateful and and blessed that I'm working. You know, because some people don't have that luxury or choice. You know, like my wife does. You know, um, but it's hearing people uh, complaining about. Oh my! I wish I was uh, home. Um, um, you know, I wish I was home, not getting paid or. But there's people wish they was working, yeah. you know, right now, you know. So it, you got to see it from both sides of the coin. It's interesting, Renee. Thanks for sharing that with us, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. We have some interesting calls. If you just tuned in, I just had a thought today, and I wanted to find out what some of you are going through, what some of your observations has been. Uh, we don't have sports now. So and looking back at this week and how things have changed, how the numbers of the coronavirus have gone up, how you're looking at how things have changed during the week from closures to, you know, not being able to go and sit in restaurants, only takeout and delivery, how things have ramped up, no movie theater shutting down, um, you know, haircuts and, and salons and nail, uh, nail salons being closed as of tomorrow night after eight o'clock till further notice and only essential personnel being out. And as, as Governor Cuomo said today, a hundred percent of the workforce should be working from home if you can have that, if you can make that happen, a hundred percent. So I was just curious, other than sports, what has been the biggest observation? What has been the biggest change to the coronavirus epidemic that you've noticed? And so far, there's been obviously a lot of fear, which is logical. That's what you would expect. But the other thing that I'm noticing is, how it's changed the interaction between your coworkers and how you're looking at people. So share those experiences with us. It's fascinating. And we've been talking about this and 
98.7 wants to help the community. You know, in these trying times, it is important to remember we pull together as a community. Small businesses all over will be feeling the lasting effects of this pandemic. So if you are a small business trying to get the word out that you are still serving the community, let us know. Send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. That's 987ESPN at gmail.com. And let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our community. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Mariano Rivera was on the Michael K show today and he had something, a message that um, we all should listen to. Take this serious and do your part. Stay home, be smart while you do, but also take care of your families. And being home, staying home, is an opportunity to take care of your family and do the things right. Please do what the authorities are telling us to do and pay attention to that and be smart and do your thing, guys. Mariano Rivera, Hall of Famer, best closer, best guy to ever do it in the closing position here as a member of the New York Yankees. Dominant. And, you know, he's right. Stay at home. Elsewhere in the NFL, Darius Slay and Matt Patricia haven't seen eye-to-eye exactly in the Motor City. Danilovsky says that Slay has done more as a player than Patricia has done as a coach, so Patricia should back off. Since 2013, Darius Slade leads the NFL in pass breakups. You're a head coach who has nine wins in two years. So if you're just weighing who has done more within their job for the organization, it's Darius Slay. I think that the reality is this. When you're a new head coach coming into the NFL, really in any situation, but coming into the NFL, and RC knows this, the locker room is the players. The meeting rooms are often, it's the player's space. It's their space to continue to grow in their job. And you can't, as a coach, then walk into that space and try to take a shot at one of your players because he doesn't do something that you like. And that's where the line was crossed by Matt Matt Patricia here. And remember, I told you guys, and Giant fans, I, I hope Joe Judge has learned this lesson. But it's been my experience. It was the experience when Eric Mangini was here with the Jets and when he went on with Cleveland. It's been my experience that when coaches leave the Belichickian tree, they try to be Matt Belichick, Eric Belichick. You got to be yourself. It's okay to take the things away that were positive that you learned in New England. Absolutely. Winning breeds winning. That's the formula. But you still have to be you. And sometimes the things you do or say that Bill Belichick got away with you can't get away with because while you were a staff member and while you were the person that helped get to that goal, you went the head guy. Darius Slay said Matt Patricia disrespected him as a man. I don't got nothing wrong with him being a coach. It's just as a man and as a, as a human being, you know, because uh, I look at him as a man and I know I wouldn't say that to him. So it, I don't think it's disrespect to our game or how he coach or whatever, but, uh, as a man, it was just different for us. Like, it was a different vibe. Uh, like I said, I respect him as a coach. You can coach me up in whatever you need me to do, but as a man, it was not going on like that. That was Dan Olowski earlier on NFL Live. This was Darius Slay on first take with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. Here's Phil Yates. He was on Golik and Wingo this morning talking about Todd Gurley leaving the Rams and headed to Atlanta. 
First of all, you look at their depth chart right now, and the depth chart in Atlanta after the release of Devontae Freeman is relatively thin. Uh, Ido Smith and Brian Hill and uh, you know and Quad- Cadre Allison, who are sort of depth level running backs, and Todd happens to be from Atlanta, um, which or happens to be yeah happens to be from the state of Georgia, I should say, mm-hmm. and obviously yeah. played at the University of Georgia. Uh, so it's not that you know homecomings are the only thing that matters in football, but there are a lot of boxes that Todd Gurley checked by going back to the Falcons or going to the Falcons, I should say, that I'm not surprised by this move. No, it, it, it's a good one. And listen, Matt Ryan could use the help. By the way, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM is our Twitter handle. Jay Blaze NYC says, Uncle L, running back, question mark. Todd had a knee at the University of Georgia. So lucrative. Money was a big risk. Zeke never had pre-existing injuries, so no one could deny he deserved the cash. At 23, Saquon and CMC with no major injuries could argue they deserve equal dough to what Todd Gurley II got. Giant fans, that's going to be the next curious thing in your future. How much will Saquon Barkley ask for? Baseball-wise, Yankee slugger Aaron Judge went through scheduled tests on Friday morning and revealed, ready Yankee fans, that aside from a stress fracture in his right, his first right hip, he's been dealing with a partially collapsed lung. Does it ever end for him? He was also asked, how are you guys, you know, Yankees who are staying down in Florida, dealing with this situation? Uh, well, the great thing is to have this open so we can kind of come here and still do some baseball activity and stay ready and just kind of feel like we're still in baseball mode. But it's kind of the one when you go home, you know, I'm, you know, it's helped me out a little bit. I got some stuff around the house to do, put up some right. you know, stuff on the wall, cleaning. But I think after I get all my stuff done in my apartment, I think we kind of, you know, going crazy a little bit. So... I know what you mean. <laughs> Doing stuff around the house. Go ahead, Aaron Judge. Don't strain the rib, though. No reaching. No reaching. That's from Yankee fans. We wrap up our top stories of the day with Mariano Rivera because there's people still jogging. I still see these, you know, pictures of hundreds of people on the beach. There's some Twitter response about some folks running the streets in Hoboken and the police are saying we're telling them, please go home. Mariano, what do you, what did you say we should do? Take this serious and do your part. Stay home, be smart while you do, but also take care of your families. And being home, staying home, is an opportunity to take care of your family and do the things right. Please do what the authorities are telling us to do and pay attention to that and be smart and do your thing, guys. That's our top stories of the day. When we return, more of your phone calls. What has changed for you during the coronavirus pandemic other than sports? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. An email, send us an email, 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our community. Like the folks at Juices for Life, they are located at 3463 East Tremont Avenue in the Bronx, New York. They do takeout and delivery. Their phone number is, here we go, ready? 347-281-9060. Again, because I know your pen messed up. 347-281-9060. Ask for Amari. Also, Philly Pretzel Factory of Bayonne. They are available to serve customers by walk-in, curbside, or delivery from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday until they are told otherwise. Here's the number. 
You can order ahead of time. Ready? 201-455-2811. 201-455-2811. They're located at 713 Broadway in Bayonne. Back to the phones. LA's in the Bronx. LA, thanks for holding. You're next on 9870 ESPN. I want to say peace and blessings to everybody. For you, Larry, for all the previous callers, to all the future callers, send one shout-out to all uh, healthcare workers, man, for us in the hospitals because it's not looking good. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I just want to say, everybody, man, please protect yourselves because this is not no game. This is not something temporarily, anything like that. So they're basically not even protecting us. So how do you think they feel about you, Joe Public? So think about everything that you're doing, what you're spending, everything. This is very, very, very serious. I work in the largest facility in the city, at the hospital. If you're a Yankees fan, I'm sure you saw the colors in red and white, right field, left field out there. So you know what I'm talking about. I can't really speak on it, you know what I mean? Just the case. But um, I just wanted to pass that out, man, the information to everybody. Like, this is not no game. It's getting worse by the day. And I'm there, I'm there day to day, and I'm in the field. And in the field, they're not really protecting us at all. And it's very, very bad, and it's getting worse as I leave. As I'm just getting off work about 20 minutes ago, it's still going down. It's even getting worse. All right, L.A., thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. And, and listen, you got to be serious. This is This is a serious epidemic. When people are talking about... Shutting down businesses, L.A., what's happening in L.A.? They've got shelter in. Chicago's talking about doing the same thing. This is a serious pandemic. Look what it did in European countries. And I know we, we think of, and, and rightfully so, we're the U.S. of A. We, you know, we're number one. We do stuff. We're tops. We're great. We're a great country. But you see what's happened over there and how shutting things down has started to work. That's what the governors, the mayors, the presidents, that's what the government is talking about doing here. And when you see people just, you know, I I just can't. And and I hope that was just a one-time thing and I hope people get it. But just that, that video of all those folks at the beach, like it's 4th of July. We good. <laughs> it's, it, it's just crazy. Johnson Bridgeport. Hey, John, you're next on 987 ESPN. Uh, I just want to say you're great. I appreciate your, your whole thing. I just want to say, um, when you see, uh, what happening right now, what, what exactly do you, where, where do you feel? Like, what, what do you feel? about what's going on right now. Well, John, I tell you, and thanks for checking in. It's it's understanding that life is about adjustments and this is the latest adjustment that we have to make. That's and and it's getting through it and understanding and abiding by the change, hoping that the physicians and the scientists are all correct. If we follow this game plan, this is what will happen at the end. All right. So that's how I feel about it. Am I willing to get up early in the morning to go shopping 
once, maybe twice a week because that's what's been mandated. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do my part to make sure that everything goes smoothly and it doesn't spread by limiting the people I'm around. That's what I'm doing. And that's what it means to me. And I hope it means that to other people as well. Mike's in Forest Hills. Mike, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, Larry. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Thank you, partner. What's up? This has been a very difficult time for me personally. First of all, I'd like to say to everyone out there, my thoughts and prayers with everyone in New York City and around the entire United States and world that we get through this crisis together somehow. And as you said, working together is the way to go. But on a personal note, it's been a very difficult couple of weeks for me because on March 7th, my dear friend from work for 32 years passed away from cancer. And and what was so terrible about his passing was he Larry he wasn't in hospice he was taking his treatments he was battling the cancer I saw him in the hospital he seemed like he was been he had been roughed up but it seemed like he was in the fight so when I got the news on my birthday that he had passed away I was absolutely in shock and to have something like that happen at this time when we're dealing with all this other stuff at a time when really I could use some normalcy in my life it's just been a real rough go so I just. You know, that's how I've been affected at this time, and hopefully I'll be able to get through it. I've had great support from family and friends and listening to sports radio and music and whatever gets me through. Fortunately, I work for a law firm where we are getting paid, even though we're only working part-time. So on a personal note, I'm hanging in there. But thank you for your time, and God bless you and everyone at the station. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for checking in. Sorry for your loss. And, you know, that's the real part. You know, that's the other side of it, that, you know, other than what you're going through, there are personal things that go on in your life other than what you're dealing with with this and other than the fear that people have talked about uh, during the show tonight and the trust and, and wondering, is it, am I really, is my, the person I'm working next to, are they really okay? Are they really telling me, do they really, are they really okay to be here health-wise? Or is it because they got to be here, they're trying to hold it out as long as possible? How can we make that next payment? The fear, the fear of the cough from that person that's next to you on the train. And how do you deal with that? Is this is, this is far beyond, you know, just the, just the nuts and bolts, right? It's far beyond, far beyond just the, the pandemic itself. It's, it's what surrounds it. And it's also the fact that, you know, now the, not the, unfortunately we have to get this way, but it's the, you know, the getting closer and reuniting with family again and having conversations and, and spending quality time and doing stuff like that. If you're fortunate enough to be living with your family or the scary part of if you're living alone and your family's in another city and you're wondering how they're getting along or maybe you have an, an elderly, person in your family and you're fearful of making sure that they're going to be okay. There's stress, there's fear. There's just, there's just so many emotions that we're going through because of this virus. Mike is in Queens. Hey Mike, you're next on 987 ESPN. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. What's going on, my friend? Now, Larry, I have to say this because this is important to our country, not just for now, but for the future. Larry, we have to be honest with ourselves. The president, Donald Trump, has failed us, okay? The ship going to New York, the battleship for the hospital, 
It'll be weeks, not a week, weeks. The masks, the, vent- the ventilators that he says are, are coming, they're not, okay? America, the leader has failed us. New York State, the governor is begging for outside companies to help us because he knows the government will not. He gave up. That's right. Governor Cuomo has given up on Donald Trump. He is now asking for help with outside people. Larry, there's an election coming up. We, we must take note of this. Okay, we are in a crisis mode, and we need him, and he's not doing enough. He acts like it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. It, it could be a while. And Larry, there is one story I have to tell you that will explain how people have lost their mind. Now, I was in a food store, and a cashier actually had on gloves and a mask more than I would do. But yeah, despite the cashier having on a glove and a mask more than they should, there's no law saying they have to, a customer still got mad because the cashier did not change their gloves. And if that's not enough, there's more. Okay, so if, not, so if yelling is not enough, how about you start to spill stuff, throw things around, and let's, let, let's do more. How about you then tell the manager, force me out? How about you tell the manager, push me out? How about you try and bait the manager into a contact with you and make her lose her job? Okay, so because the cashier doesn't change schools, you then throw stuff, yell, and make them force you to leave. Okay, this, I, I know there's a crisis in a pack, I get that, but Larry, you a human being, if you want to act like an animal, go to the Bronx, you okay? I know there's a crisis, but you have to act with some type of class, some type of dignity, and to do that, to scream and yell and make, and tell the manager, force me out, tell her, push me out, like try and start a fight because the cashier doesn't change his gloves. Larry, at some point, and Larry, why am I so depressed and mad? Because this stuff happens to me. And it, when you get belittled, get talked down to, try and get, you know, caught in, in a trap, people respond negatively. And that's why I'm always, always so mad, because stuff like that happens to me. So America, people, yes, this is times of crisis, but still, can you act like a human being? I know it's bad, but can you still act with some dignity? I mean, it's not, I mean, what she did to yell and scream and, and to try and start a fight because the guy doesn't change his gloves. Can we please say it's too much? Can we realize that was wrong and too much and not needed? Please, for, for the human race, please, can we admit too much and just calm, the, calm down? All right, Mike, thanks for checking in. It's, it's tough. And that's what we're talking about, that fear, that pressure, that something could change. I could get this because here's the thing. The numbers are going up. And, yeah, the numbers are going up once again because there's more testing and kits are finally coming out. Okay, so you're starting to get more kits so more people are tested, so the numbers are going to go up. But once again, that doesn't change anything. It just doesn't. So hopefully we can learn from that and try to remain as calm as possible. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.